Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Welcome back to the Pure Victory Podcast. Braden Hafner here. Today I am joined by a special guest, my beautiful wife <laughs> sitting across from me. I must say, hun, you are much better looking than Matt. Oh, poor Matt. <laughs> That's a better sight for my eyes across from me. <laughs> Sorry, Matt, if you're listening, but it's true. Even though you are a good-looking man, uh, <laughs> you just don't compare to my wife. But anyways, aside from that, I'm excited to be here with you, hon, because we're going to talk about something that is part of our story, part of our journey. Yes, we are. And it's dear to our heart because we see the way that porn affects marriage, and we can empathize with couples that have porn in their marriage because we lived it. Yeah. It was part of our story, even though it was a painful part of our story. Mm-hmm. We understand where these couples are coming from. We understand the pain that they're going through and the journey that they have to go on to get porn out of their marriage. So to break this down, we just kind of want to begin sharing a little bit about our journey with this. But then we really kind of want to move into how we got it out of our marriage. Yeah. To begin, let's kind of give people some background of where we we started with this. So. Let's go back all the way to when we were dating. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've been married almost 12 years now. Believe me, the time has flown by. But going back that far, it's hard to remember a little bit of what we were feeling at that time. But I do remember this. I remember that when we were dating, I had to share with you. I knew I had to tell you that I struggled with pornography. Even though I didn't really get why I needed to do that on a certain level, I knew it was important to do. So I shared this with you. You know, we were dating. I said, hey, I look at porn. 
What do you went through that? your mind? I, you're standing there. I do. And you're like, yeah, I look at porn. And then, you know, I don't really remember much of what was said between us, but it was impactful enough because I remember standing there. You told me and I was like, I was thinking, oh, and that was it. Like, like a person, you know, who receives facts yeah. and they just can't understand or process it. And to be honest, I didn't know what to do with that information. Guys look at porn, right? So the fact that you're telling me that you look at porn, you're just admitting what everybody else does, right? Isn't right. that just part of being a man? I know. I know, right? That, that's what we thought. That's and what I, I thought. You know, as we, we were talking about this at that point, I think we had so much misunderstanding. Yeah. You know, like you I didn't understand the yeah. depth of the addiction or the effects. No. I mean, we didn't even fight. We didn't discuss it. And you know, I think honestly, I buried my head in the sand and I just thought to myself, hey, when we get married, it's going to be better. Like we'll have regular sex and then you won't have to dabble in this little hobby of yours. <laughs> I know. That's what I thought too, honestly. <laughs> that's what I thought. I really thought that was, that marriage would fix this problem. And you know what? Back then I didn't realize this, but I was putting a lot of pressure on you that you all of a sudden you would be the solution to this problem for me. And I thought marriage, when I got married, when we're having regular sex, that all of a sudden, magically, this would just disappear. I thought it would go away. And so when you told me, do you think, okay, you just wash my hands of it now? It's, yeah. I'm told her? It's done. Pretty much. I thought I needed to tell you. Okay. And I thought once that was done, there was nothing else needed beyond that. Right. I didn't think that. I thought that was, that was all that it would be. And no, then, one and done. Hey? Yeah. One and done. <laughs> wash I tell your you hands. this one thing, wash my hands. We get married, no. live happily ever after. And I thought that's what was going to happen, mm. but that's not what happened. It was actually in our first year of marriage. We encountered pornography again. We faced up against it again. And it was even more painful than it was when we, when I had to tell you when we were dating, because we were living it in a married context instead of just dating. All of a sudden it hit home. Yeah. And I thought that marriage was to just fix it, but it didn't. And so what happened? Like, yeah, we what, thought pornography is out of our lives, or at least I thought. You did. But you had... I buried my head in the yeah. sand and, and I kept looking. I kept looking at porn. So do you remember when we were laying in bed that night? Yeah, I do. We were laying in bed. It was dark. And I turned my head and I literally just... I, I, think, I think it's the Holy Spirit that was directing yeah, me. Yeah, I agree. And I just turned and I said, have you looked at porn lately? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and I have to say, there's a long pause. Like, I felt like it was eternity. You know, those seconds that are going by. Oh, like, the, somebody say something. You could just cut the tension with a knife. Yeah. yeah it was, it was. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, I did appreciate you telling me. I mean, it wasn't nice to hear. Like, you did answer me after yeah. a long pause. You're like, yeah. I can't remember what you said. Like, yeah, I looked at porn. Yeah. Essentially. I mean, you could have lied. I could have lied. I could have probably lied to you and you wouldn't have thought anything of it. And I would have gone on and you would have gone on and, but eventually this would have come probably even worse, come out in even a worse fashion. So that silence that was happening there, it felt like an eternity to me. But when you asked me that question, and I do share about this in my, or my story a few uh, podcasts ago, that's uh, the third one actually. So if you want to check that out, please do um, give you some context with this, but that pause Felt like an eternity for me, and in that moment, but you had the choice. I had a choice, mm -hmm. and I felt God really speaking to me in that, and that I needed to tell you, even though it was going to be so painful, more painful than ripping a bandaid off. I'll tell you that right now. It was more like removing a knife from both oh, yeah. of our hearts, in a sense. I remember you told me, and I was, I left. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. Like not the house, but no. I left the room. I was devastated. I was so hurt. I couldn't even look at you. I no. couldn't speak to you. I just couldn't. The next day, I just we didn't talk. I went no. to work. 
And you know what? I've always enjoyed coming home at the end of the day at, at work. Yeah. And I didn't want to come home anymore. Like I was yeah. done. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to go home. Go home to what? I was just numb. Yeah. And I was too, numb. because I, I didn't understand what to do. I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Like I told you this crushing truth that just wrecked you. It wrecked me too, because it wasn't something that I planned out telling you. I know. It just was, and it just came on me, but it was good. I told you, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I had to feel, I felt like I had to try to pick up the pieces, but I didn't know what to do. I didn't even know where to start. And so I saw how hurt you were. I was hurting and we didn't really know what to do with all that pain. When I was just like, I had to process everything. Like there's so my, my whole brain, I was in a fog and I like so many questions were flooding, right? Like, how could you do this to me? And why would he do it to me? And was I not good enough for you? And when, when did he do it? And was I nearby? And I felt like I deserved answers to every little detailed question that I had running through my brain. I mean, what did these women look like? Were they prettier than me, thinner than me? Like, I just, I couldn't speak to you because that's my mind was just bombarded with that. Yeah. All these thoughts. Like I couldn't process it. That's right. And it was hard for me too, because I knew that I would have to share more with you. But I saw how painful this truth I shared with you was. Mm-hmm. And I knew that more was going to come. And I knew more pain was going to come. You're looking at a little bit of the future with this. And you're like, oh man. But you know that you have to go through it. And I think I, I knew it at that point. We had to go through this pain. I mean, I could keep lying to you. But eventually, the, our world would just come crashing down if I kept hiding it. I know. It was, weird. it was a weird place for me to be in. Because while my brain was flooded with all these questions... It was hard for me because I knew, like you said, we had to go through it. Like there was nothing, you had to go through the tunnel. Like you had to go through the waters, whatever you want, whatever yeah, analogy you want to use. Yeah. Like there's no way around it. No. You know, even ripping off a bandaid, like you said, like just rip it. Like it's yeah. just, it's confusing because it's like, well, if you're so mad at him, like why don't you just talk about it and just get over it? I just couldn't. Like there was this wall and this distance between us. But I knew that I had to go through. I had to break that wall down. I just yeah. didn't know. Because leaving a marriage wasn't a choice for me. No, it wasn't for me either. Like yeah. we, we both established that. So we knew we had to move forward. Yeah. And living in silence our whole marriage wasn't going to be okay. So we had to. We had a few years of back and forth for a little it while. It really was a few years of back and forth. It was a, it, it was a trial by error, I felt like. Mm-hmm. And we want to tell you, like, this was a turning point for us for sure. You know, often we hear these these stories where there's this this pivotal point, but we want to tell you too that it was a pivotal point. But we had a journey beyond that point, and it was years of of working through healing. Yeah, like pain. one step forward, two steps back. Yeah. Like this, uh, you're it, just like hitting your head against a brick wall. Sometimes it really felt like that at times, and it was so difficult for both of us. I realized pretty quickly. You know, I thought when I was single, it's just my issue, but. When you get married and you, you're struggling with this addiction, you realize quickly that it isn't just about you. I mean, it was affecting you in such a deep way. And the selfishness in me in that aspect was like, well, I feel like I could try to deal with this on my own and no one ever has to know. But I realized mm-hmm. it wasn't going to work. I had to invite you into the healing somehow, but I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what it meant for me to get healing. So we had these this journey and this process. It felt like a... It felt like we were trying to swim in quicksand a little bit at times because we just didn't know what to do. And we had a lot of misunderstandings. So on the healing journey, there was a lot of things that we kind of messed up in and did wrong, didn't we? Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the accountability stuff? Oh, So you put on goodness. accountability yeah. software. Do you remember that? I like, do. Inst- you were, like, that was great. You put accountability software right. on all our devices. 
But it didn't seem like it was enough. I mean, you did good for a bit, and then you would look at porn and you'd be back at square one. Exactly. And you know what, honestly, I just lived in a constant fear of finding out whether you looked at porn. Yeah. You know, I thought we were through this. I mean, we had accountability software. Right. Like that, you know, that's the bee's knees. Like we had it. Like <laughs> why isn't this working? Yeah. And you know what? I just felt like you had a mistress and just, I didn't want to know about it. Yeah. And it just ran like a movie reel in my mind over and over and over again. Yeah. And for like, me, like I had this accountability software because I, I did learn that I needed that. And it was great. I mean, it was, that was a good thing for sure to get that on our, our devices, but it was never tied to any real accountability. I mean, I think you were getting those reports at one point. Uh, yep. And and so that's what you were saying. Like oh, you, you would find that. out. Yeah. yeah, you would find out I looked at porn and we just go through this cycle. I'd do good for a while and then I would look at porn and, and you would just live this with me all the time. And it was like every time that I looked at porn, it wrecked me, it wrecked you. And we didn't know what to do with that. Like, so this accountability software wasn't really doing anything. And I didn't have any really good accountability that was tied to this at, at all anyways. Like I had, I had a friend or a couple friends, they were in it just as much as I was addicted to porn. So we would, we would come together and share about how we looked at porn that week and then nothing would happen from that. <laughs> like, it was like a little group share of, of our mess ups. And but then pat each other on the back and away you go. Exactly. Right? Like, oh, oh, maybe this one week, one, one guy didn't look at it. So we're like, good for you. But we didn't understand why he didn't look at it. Or when we did look at porn, you know, we didn't, we didn't get why that happened either. So we were just spinning our wheels and helping each other spin our wheels. And we weren't moving towards any kind of freedom. So this is the life we were living in our marriage. I had bad accountability. I had software. I didn't know how to use it or, or how to partner with it. And not only that, but... You tried, and I, I thought you tried. You tried to be my day-to-day yeah, accountability. I, right? I tried, and I wanted to be your accountability partner. Oh, I wanted that so bad, yeah. or so I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought that would be a way I would know if you looked at porn without asking you, yeah. right? It would be a little trick, right? Like I'd right. be able to see that you didn't look at porn, or know if you looked at porn without even coming out and saying it, and that would be better, right? Right? <laughs> More so um, we thought. I, I thought, right? It wasn't. Um, I thought maybe I could control you that way and nope. Um, I became a cop in our marriage, not a wife. Yeah, very true. You know, waiting for like a, with a taser ready to catch you in action. And I was so focused on trying to catch you being good or catch you being bad. And that's all my mind could focus on at that time. And then my view of it too, when you were my accountability was that the reason why, the the only reason why I wouldn't want to look at porn is the fear of getting caught. Mm -hmm. And we learn much later that having the fear of getting caught is never going to lead you to freedom. It isn't. It will not do it on its own. And that was the driving force behind having you as accountability. We also learned a little bit later too that having a husband and wife, mm-hmm. having, and we're speaking specifically from a husband's perspective being me, that if you have your wife as your accountability, it doesn't work. And I'm, we're going to tell you why, okay? And this is something that we had to deal with and, and mm-hmm. come to terms with, but... When a wife is accountability for a husband, what happens is exactly what Kristen said, what you talked about, is that you become a cop, but mm-hmm. then you get wrecked and devastated every time that I confess. And what accountability needs to do, accountability, good accountability is about building a game plan of action to lead someone towards freedom. So they can't be so emotionally invested yeah. in each high and each low because you're not able to help them, right? Yeah. 
And that's what we came to discover. And I, we had some really bad advice and mm-hmm. that led us to having you as accountability. And then eventually we had some good teaching that we, we discovered and we really feel it was God that led us to that. But one of the other things too that we learned and even just studying this is that there's actually been studies done where the wife is the accountability partner for the husband. What happens is at the end of the study, they discovered that the wife had the mental makeup of a rape victim. Mm. That's so powerful. How can anybody who's so devastated and so hurt and has that mental makeup of a rape victim, how can they help anybody? They need help, right? Yeah. Like they, uh, Matt talked about this in a previous podcast, but it's been shown as well that they have aspects of PTSD. Mm-hmm. You were getting hurt. I was getting hurt, but this accountability structure that we had wasn't working. Yeah. It really wasn't. So we're both hurt just in different ways. That's right. right. So, but when I discovered this, right, I, I came to you and I said, look, this isn't working. You can't be my accountability, at least on the day to day. So we got to figure something else out. I remember having that conversation with you and what, what were you thinking though? <laughs> Cause obviously you wanted to know what I was going through, but you had a little bit of disagreement with that, right? Yeah. So before that, I, I guess I came to the conclusion that I couldn't, accountability couldn't be between you and me. Right. So while I needed to know you were getting help and get, and had accountability, I couldn't be there for you, as you said, in the day to day. Right. Cause it was, like you said, it was just too painful. And I had to learn that me being your accountability was simply no good. And it wasn't helping me because I would be so reactive, as you said, like I'm the one that's emotionally hurt. So then I would be cold or distant or yelling at you to just stop or, and none of that is helpful. No. So me coming to the realization that I can't be your accountability uh, partner was a very long process, but it was necessary. And I remember when you told me, like you were saying here, and you needed someone to be your accountability partner other than me. Seriously. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, But I remember honestly not responding well. Right. I don't remember what I said necessarily. I just, I just remember feeling like, oh, he just doesn't want me as his accountability partner because he wants to go underground with it. He wants to live in freedom. Right. Um, without me knowing. To keep like looking just, at porn. Yeah, freedom to live, know like, look at then. porn and yeah. I don't have anything to do with that and that kind of thing and have me not intrude with your yeah. little ind- addiction there. Right? right. But you reiterated, do you remember that? You were like, I no, like I, I'm actually going to get help. I already have another guy I asked to be my partner and that's all you need to know, wifey. I think that's what you, <laughs> like you were, like you were respectful, that's right. but that's something right. like that, right? Yeah. And, and you were getting help and I didn't need to engage in the day-to-day battle of it and breaking free from this addiction. And that was the job of your, this new guy. Accountability. New, yeah, yeah. And not, not me as the wifey. Yeah. And it was really like knowing that it's really hard for me. It was really hard for me not to ask you every day, like, have you looked at porn? But I, I couldn't. I couldn't ask that. Why? Because of my own healing. Because yeah. if I asked that, I didn't want the answer, really. Yeah. Right? Like, what if you True. said yes, right? And so I found that what helped me was knowing the levels of accountability that right. you had. Right. And the action steps that you were personally taking towards freedom, rather than dealing with the details of the addiction and the... Like more a bigger picture. Absolutely. The big picture you needed to know. The plan that I had in place to get um, help. And that was one of the things that we learned together through trial and error. We we learned this the hard way that I needed to have men in my life that were not struggling with pornography. They had either gotten free from it 
or it hasn't been a part of the story and they understood what I needed to do and help me in a game plan towards getting freedom. So when I told you who these guys were, you knew them, right? And I'm not going to name them here, but you knew who they were. And that made you feel more secure. It wasn't just... trusted them. Yeah, Yeah. it wasn't some Joe Blow off the street, right? You knew these guys, you trusted them, had respect for them. And that was uh, part of the journey of us getting on the same page of towards healing. So then all of a sudden this, the, the stuff on uh, our computers, the device on our devices, the protection, there was true accountability tied to it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but it made me feel more secure because all of a sudden we were partnering with this in the way it was intended to be that it was, it was helping my accountability partners understand where I was and helping them lead me towards healing. And then that made you feel more secure and understanding, okay, these guys know what's going on. Right. I don't have to know all this. And just to say too, like you were saying that I knew these guys, but there was times in our lives where your accountability shifted a bit and I didn't know some of these guys. That's true. But I still trusted it because you would tell me like, oh, it was such a good group. You wouldn't tell me details or anything, but I remember you, you would just kind of reveal to me like, man, I'm so glad I'm part of this group. They challenged me and that kind of thing. So you letting me in to your world a little bit by you telling me, not me asking. Yeah. You would tell me, made me trust these people indirectly. That's right. If that makes sense. Absolutely. And you always had permission to one thing we understood. You asked me if you were going to ask me something that I was going to be honest about yeah. it. And we set that precedent early on. Remember, we talked about ripping the bandit off, even though it was more painful. than yeah. that. But you understood that we had that trust between us. And so you could ask me anything, but me inviting you into the having awareness of the process I was on, you know, that made me feel better. And I think that made you feel better too. Yeah. Did you notice too, that I would ask you less? Yeah, I did. If you looked at porn, that's right. So like as time went on, because you came to me and told me your successes, Yeah. you didn't tell me your mess up. No, <laughs> but you told me, uh, right. I was <laughs> prepared to though. I know, but yeah. I, for my own healing, I didn't want to ask all the yeah. time. And so I don't know how often I asked, but I, I remember it was getting more further apart. That's right. Like in, in when I would ask. And so, yeah, because you would tell me. Yeah. You had process. You you could trust me in that. Yeah. It wasn't like this weird elephant in the room. I didn't know what was going on. You brought it up. Yeah. And then it made me, it sustained me for X amount of time. Yeah. Right. By you bringing it up. That's right. To me. That's right. I Um, wasn't trying to hide. Right. Exactly. Because yeah. When you try and hide something, then you, your partner gets suspicious. That's right. Right. And, and that was one of the things we had to deal with was what it's like to be in a marriage where there's suspicion. Mm-hmm. It sure doesn't feel good. And it doesn't feel good when we don't have trust either. But when we're able to get the suspicion out of there, because we have trust, we have honesty between both of us, man, did it, it felt way different. Our marriage just, it improved on so many levels, not just on our level with pornography, but in so many other aspects too. We, we built into our marriage in a way that was, was just, was deeper. And I felt like we went deeper in our marriage once we started to get on the same page with this. So I guess a question maybe people would be thinking is, what were, what were you doing, wifey? Kristen is my name. Yeah. <laughs> I call her wifey if you're wondering. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Hubs, I call him Hubs. Yeah. Well, Hubs was doing all his thing. What were you doing? Right. And you know what? I had to really work through forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, towards you those old thoughts and feelings they creeped up they creeped up often and to be honest forgiveness was a minute by minute hour by hour day by day type choice and I mean did I get answers to the questions I wanted like the deep no I had to let that go did I still want answers yeah 
but I had to, you know, let that go. But I came to the conclusion that having those answers and knowing all the detail wouldn't help me and it wouldn't help me forgive. Right. Did it still hurt? Yes. Did I trust you? Not necessarily. I had to build that trust again. It was mm-hmm. broken and it had to be rebuilt, but I had to make that conscious choice. So even though I made choosing is one thing, right? <laughs> then feeling, mm-hmm. right? So I had to choose to forgive, but that intimacy had to be rebuilt. Yeah. So I had to choose to hug and kiss yeah. you again, even though I didn't, I didn't feel like it. Yeah. I needed to mentally choose to forgive and intentionally push my actions to, to follow suit, if you will. Yeah. And this is not easy. But I want to tell you something that, because I did notice this, because I saw how much pain you went through when I told you that, that in our first year of marriage, mm-hmm. that, that turning point we talked about, the pain of that moment and the pain that even in the years after, when you chose to forgive me, and I could see you doing that because I knew how much pain you went through. Right. It made a difference in my heart too, because you were showing me what Jesus did for me as well. And that made me respond in a way that, hey, she's doing this to me. This is such a, mm-hmm. a, an incredible gift she's giving me that I don't deserve. That may made me not want to take advantage of that, but instead it spurred me on hmm. to want better healing, to get healing, to get porn out of our marriage. So you loved me through that. And if I didn't have that love, if instead maybe you you yelled at me or, or attacked me or belittled me or whatever out of pain. And I understand a lot of people do that out of pain because pain makes us do yeah. a lot of things. And I get it. But if, if that would have been your response, it would have been way more harder for me too. Yeah. And harder on you, I think, as well too. Because we, how do you get on the same page when we have this rift like yeah. that? But you choosing to forgive me was part of our healing in our marriage. And that is, wasn't an easy thing to do. Well, no, I, I couldn't do it alone. Like no. I needed some super natural help. Yeah. Like I needed, I asked God to help me and I needed God. I couldn't have done it no. without him. Because like to not bring it up, right? Yeah. And like, do you remember the time? And like to not use it as a weapon against you if you messed up on some other area in, in life. Yeah. And to bring right? up, hey, but you looked at porn, right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, trust me. That was yeah. an easy one to throw down. Yeah. Right. But it just, it, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. It's a, like I said, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day type choice. It, it and you really need was. God you to do. help you. And one of, the, the heart. one of the things that I had to go through too is because I couldn't believe how you were choosing to forgive me. And, and even though I didn't deserve that, I had to forgive myself too. Hmm. Because I saw how much I hurt you. And often, one of the things I do, I think we all do to a certain degree, is sometimes we don't feel like we deserve any kind of forgiveness. So we'll punish ourselves. And I felt like... I could have easily gone that way, but I had to make the choice to forgive myself too, because if I didn't do that, I I think I would have stayed stuck if I didn't forgive myself. And that would that helped me in the healing process. But the reason why I was able to do that, a big part of that, is because of how God spoke that to me. But the model that you set too, and it sounds like everything was on your shoulders in this this Yeah. Area. <laughs> I'm a superhero. No guys, I'm not. I'm not. You just simply leaned into God on that, right? I honestly like people are like, "What did you do?" It's like I leaned into God. Like I, yeah. I, I you need supernatural help to help you with that. You really do. And working with a plan, leading into God, those are the things that we had to do to get poured out of our marriage. And I'm going to tell you right now that the process wasn't an easy one. There's no quick fix to this. But Once you see the journey that you have to go on, understand this. Others have gone before you. They have done it because God is in it. 
and you can too. If porn is a part of your marriage, we, we want to tell you right now that there's hope. Mm-hmm. We live this. This was a part of our story. And there was points where we never thought that we would have freedom in this. But we do because we leaned into God and then we developed a plan in our marriage to get it out of our marriage porn. You can do that too. And one of the things that we want to share with you right now is what it's like to come <laughs> from having porn in our marriage to moving towards having porn out of our marriage. Free, baby. It's, it's freedom. Mm-hmm. I want to tell you right now as a husband, I feel way more free to love you, Kristen, that's weird. And, he never calls me that. Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> he calls me wifey. <laughs> yeah. That's for your the listener's sake oh, here. Right. <laughs> um, but I feel way more free to love you. I feel like I'm unhindered by anything. Before I felt like I had these chains holding me down to fully loving you. And once those chains were stripped away, I feel like I can, I can put my arms around you with purity, with love, with freedom. And how that's released me to be able to love you so much better. And it's so sweet. You know, I don't have to clear the history on my computer to, in the fear of knowing that you're going to catch me in something or that I've looked at something and now I feel shame and I'm not able to be, you know, I'm not able to kiss you on the cheek or, or hold you without having those images in my mind. I know the, having the freedom from that, mm-hmm. oh, is it sweet. And, and the questions I have surrounding like, well, you know, what did she look like? And yeah. Was she, those questions just kind of faded with time. Yeah. The more porn was out of our marriage, like you said, brings freedom. Yeah. And just more freedom to be more intimate, to be more ourselves. And just the trust it builds, right? It takes yeah. time to build trust. It does. And so now with being a porn-free marriage for years, it's built deep trust. Yeah. And I don't question like I used to in the past. Yeah, I feel like we're more of a team. Yeah. Like I feel like we... We have nothing between us. And like, as we're sharing this with you, by no means do we have a perfect marriage. No. But we've made a commitment to have a loving and trusting marriage in that we don't keep things from each other. Mm-hmm. We work hard at our marriage. And we have a, I, I, I say this, we have a good marriage because we really work on it. And this is one of the ways that we did that. And we want you to know that it's that we've made this commitment. We really have. Mm-hmm. And there's action behind it. There's choices behind it. But and we choose us every single time. We choose us. And when you choose to make that choice, then together you can build a great marriage instead right. of just hoping that magically it happens. Right. Because it It's doesn't. hard work. It is. And like Brad and said, we're not perfect, but we're keep trying, keep choosing us, keep you know, yeah. pushing forward. Once one foot in front of the other, we keep doing that. But we have a foundation now, I feel like built in trust and love and commitment that has just made our marriage so much better. And it is absolutely sweet to have porn out of our marriage. Not only that, because right now we're able to share the story with you. We're able to tell you that there is hope that you can never thought we would do. No, this. we never thought that we'd be able to share this story on a podcast. That's I'd right. Be like, no, for, for people to listen to. No, we never thought that would be the case, but because we've had that freedom, we're able to turn around and do that for you. And our hope for you is that you take these next steps. Mm-hmm. You make a choice to get on the same page. If one of you is struggling with a porn addiction and the other doesn't know, you're going to have to make that tough choice and hiddenness isn't better that isn't the better option it is not the better option even though it's the easier option in the long run it will find its way it out it will find its way out and that, it makes your partner suspicious that's right? right but if you come forward and you make the choice to tell your partner 
That's the beginning point for you to build trust instead of being caught. And not just tell, but to the next steps. Next steps from there. And if you're wanting to know what next steps are for you and your marriage, please email us, check out our resources, check out familylifecanada.com for different ways that you can strengthen your marriage as well. Mm -hmm. And we have other articles on, on this specific thing as well. But go to Peer Victory Podcast. You can get in touch with other resources there. But take the next steps. We encourage you. Yeah. It is so much better to have porn out of your marriage than to try to manage it in a way that doesn't work. Get it out of your marriage. Take the steps today. Mm -hmm. After you listen to this, you know, pray about it and make an action plan for you as a couple. And you know what? Just to reiterate, it's not it's not going to be easy. Yeah. But it's going to be it's going to get so good. Just yeah. keep pushing forward. <laughs> Have a vision for that. Having porn out of your marriage is a sweet, sweet thing, and we want to leave that with you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys. Thanks next for having week. me. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.